Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Everything is Brand. This week, we want to talk about whether or not trust is connected to brand. So we downloaded a report from the Gustavsson School of Business at the University of Victoria, and it is their Brand Trust Index for 2020. And as we look at the report, uh, we're taking a look at what they've said are the most trusted brands in Canada, and they've divided it up into different categories. But in the overall list, in the top three, we have uh, Mountain Equipment Co-op at number one the Canadian Automobile Association, so CAA at number two, Costco at number three, and Dyson at number four. And then the list goes on and and we can talk about some of the other uh, folks that are on the list. But I think if you take a look at how they've kind of put the report together, it's, it's really about connecting these brands to different trust factors that they bring into the marketplace or that customers or clients feel about these brands. And then they've ranked them, I guess, based on a whole bunch of different factors. So my my first question out to everyone is, first of all, do we think that brand and trust are very closely related? And then my second point is, you know, based on what Gustafsson has said, are these the kinds of brands that have the most trust in your mind? What do you guys think? Well, uh, I'll start with Mountain Equipment Co-op. I've been a member of Mountain Equipment Co-op since I was in high school, actually, years and years ago, back in the 90s. They are a membership organization. You pay a nominal membership. I think it was five bucks that I paid back in the day to get my knapsack for high school. Um, And so I'm one of their shareholders, stock, whatever, that they send their annual report to. It's part of a larger community. They've got they've got a number of things going on there from, you know, it's not just the store selling product. First of all, their products are always high quality. Um, So that's a given to they they really do support that outdoor community. They've got uh, bike clinics. They've got places that you can kayak throughout your area like they're community focused. Very much so. so. What's the trust factor, though? I, I mean, you, you speak very positively of them. And, and I mean, I know Mountain Equipment Co-op, but why do you think that they were designated as the most trusted brand in Canada? I think the number of times that I've gone there with some sort of an issue, they've always taken care of me. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like Costco being number three, a share of similar qualities, right? There's been this no hassle you've got a problem, we'll take care of you, right? There is a certain trust that comes along with that. Nobody wants a hassle when they've got an issue with whatever they purchase from a a supplier, right? I think looking at uh, CAA, that was actually tied with Mountain Equipment Co-op for uh, number one spot. Same thing, membership-based, and they're helping you out, right? You've got a flat tire, your car's broken down, blah, blah, blah. They're there to help you, right, in your time of need. So they're actually very similar, those top three companies, in that they're support-based, they're helping solve a problem, right? Mm -hmm. They have a good product all the time. Costco, we know this as well, right? And uh, they support uh, communities as well. So really, if you look at the correlation, then the the top three most trusted brands in Canada are all very people-based, very member-based, as opposed to being larger retailers or even, I don't see one financial services organization in the top 10 at all, whether it's spending money, making money, managing money, or saving money, uh, there's no financial services in the top 10 at all. I mean, what does that say about brands and trust and and how connected and how important is trust to the whole brand element? I think trust is very important. 
I mean, I think it's it's a big part of of everything that we do in rela- relation to a brand. You know, I think it plays a big role in all of it when you're when you're looking and when you're making a purchase, when you're making a decision. Really, I think trust is a big part of this. I I, I guess I don't know why these particular brands have made this particular list. And and I mean, I sort of question these lists that people put together. I'm a little suspect on them. Uh, but that being said, I mean, if we're looking at these individual brands, yeah, like the top three, definitely trust relation to them. It gets a little bit more interesting, I guess, as you kind of move down the list, because you can't really tie though that thing to specifically to each of these brands, I don't think. But um, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, trust is big. Well, can yeah. you not Dyson, for example, let's talk about Dyson that was in the number four spot. Do you not think that there's a trust factor with Dyson? They make an innovative product that uh, has anybody, I haven't heard any complaints. I personally don't have one, but I haven't really heard any complaints of the system breaking down or not doing what it was supposed to, to do. Yeah, but then when you start looking at Home Depot and Sony, I mean, can you say the same thing? Like, yeah, Dyson, sure, I get the innovation thing, but Home Depot, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have a good experience with that brand at all. You walk into that place, try and find somebody to ask a question to, and do they have the knowledge to provide you with that information? They did when they started back in the day, but now I don't feel that way at all. And then Sony, like... I was in Home Depot last night and had a completely different experience. So I think it's it's probably a hit and miss. Right? It's still not consistent. Sony's one of those that have always been there. You know, if we think back, you wanted to buy a TV back in the 90s, Sony was the one to buy. Most reliable. I I could even argue that there's probably a lot of Sony's out there. But we're talking about the top 10 most trusted brands <laughs> yeah. and Sony's there. Like, where are all the other big brands? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this whole thing is strange to Who me. Who do you think's missing from there? We're we talking the Walmarts. We're talking the financial services. We're Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons is obviously, you know, but, missing you from know, there. And, and there you go. You just brought up Tim Hortons. And I think that uh, when it comes to brands and trust, consistency, I think, is a huge yes. part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Tim Hortons is a perfect example of that. Tim Hortons was very, very consistent, a very Canadian brand, very consistent in their messaging, um, you know, all of their uh, commercials, their, you know, uh, their coffee, everything else, like everything that they, they were about was very consistently applied for years and years. And then all of a sudden that changed, mm-hmm. right? And, yep. and, and that trust evaporated uh, overnight. Do we? They have a big problem with their brand right now. Do we not see that as kind of a a red flag for the death of a brand? Like, I have to say, like, I find a lot of brands consistently come out of the gate really, really strong, and you get that great experience, and everything's great, and then they start cutting corners, the service fades, and they get bought out. Yeah, and then it's just like, okay, here they go. See you later. Like, you know what I mean? I know there's some big ones that you know manage to survive, but. For the most part, I find a lot of brands like that's an immediate red flag for me is like when I when I don't get the service that I got at the beginning, I'm like, OK, things have changed. You know, it's really interesting to that to that point um, for Coca-Cola is, a, is a, another really good example of that. They have a very, very stable brand, very stable messaging for basically the history of the of the brand. But it, 
the brand changes all the time. It's just that people don't even know that it changes. They keep updating the logo. They keep updating, you know, the, the way it looks overall. They keep updating messaging to be uh, in line with, you know, what's going on in the society. And if, so it stays fresh, um, you know, and it's, you know, whether you drink Coke or not or in any of the other products, that's a completely different question. But in, in terms of the brand itself, they do a really, really good job at building that consistency throughout the entire brand. Yeah. So one of the key things that the Gustafsson School of Business at the University of Victoria does when they measure trust is they focused on uh, five things. The first one is consumer perceptions of whether the brand is trustworthy and acts with integrity. So they call that the brand trust. Then they have the functional trust, which is the consumer perceptions on how well the brand performs and delivers on core promises. Then they have the values-based trust, which is how consumer perceptions of the brand's social responsibility. So that's part of it as well relationship trust, how the brand interacts with its customers, and then finally, word of mouth, the extent to which consumers recommend the brand to others. So these are kind of their measurement factors as they're looking at how these brands measure up. And I think that when I look at these factors, it doesn't surprise me that the top three are all very people-based. So I'm not surprised that the personification has been brought into determining what are the top ones. Yeah, let's talk about values. We've got, uh, I think that's one that as we move forward, especially with the millennial market, that's imperative, actually. We're starting to see a lot more brands being tied to some social or environmental cause or whatnot. And that is you know, having an impact with the millennials. Millennials want to support a business that supports their causes that they're passionate about. So uh, Mountain Equipment Co-op, the overall well-being of society, as the report uh, highlights, is one that that they do well at, going back to the whole how, you know, they have all these clinics for all their members, etc. right? Mm. Importance is another one in terms of supporting their local community. Timbits, uh, hockey, soccer, uh, all that sort of stuff, right? Costco came in on the employee side, and we know this as well. Costco is one of the, uh, I believe, highest paid retailers out there. So, and that speaks to both internal and external that we talked about in the last podcast. Um, you know, we cannot forget that there are also internal values that you can adopt to build that trust, which seep out externally as well. One of the key elements, uh, if I look at the kind of top three on the list, and it goes back to your example of Coca-Cola as well, Marco, is that the brands are all quite simple in their presentation, in their messaging. If you look at Mountain Equipment Co-op, it's get outside and become a member. If you look at CAA, it's if you're broken down, we're there to help. If you look at Dyson, it's better suction, whether it's drying your hands, drying your hair, or vacuuming your your rug. And Coca-Cola, they make one main product, I mean, beverage, a whole bunch of different beverages. But but really, it's, it's quite simple to position all of these brands. Do you think that that factors into trust as opposed to some of these brands that do multiple multiple things. What are your thoughts on that? I think it matters. I think uh, I think doing one thing well goes a long way. And you see it, whether we're talking about these product-based brands or whatever, we're looking at social brands, like even Instagram doing, you know, they do photography, right? You look at Snapchat, like even if you get into all of those things, when you look at apps and technology, 
that's what the most successful apps are based on. So I think that doing one thing right is absolutely the crucial thing. And that's why I think Coca-Cola works because they don't really mess with their product. Yeah, the marketing changes and things like that, but it's a consistent experience based on that because it's simple. It's, it's easy to manage and navigate. Well, yeah. Coca-Cola did not make the list. So let's not, let's not muddy the waters here. I think Coca-Cola from a global perspective has been on there uh, for top brands, but it did not make the list for most trusted brand. And while I love my Coke just as much as the next person, if I start to think at where they may not be trusted is A, I mean, their product itself is, is a bunch of sugar and not the healthiest. Number two, they're doing bottled water. And we know all the issues with bottled water on the environment. So let's clear it up that that is not a trusted brand in this in this report. They yeah, well, you bring up a really you bring up a really good point, Gabby, and that is that Coke has been consistently valued as one of the most valued brands in the in the world, mm-hmm. um, and now they don't even appear on the trust factor on this trust factor. Correct on this <laughs> yeah. one. Sorry. Correct, but 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 let's use this one as our example. But the idea being that you know does trust equate to success? And really, that's the question that we have for here is how important is trust to a brand? I mean, you know, as as good as as MEC is, as good as CAA is, as good as Costco is, I mean, you know, of, of the three of them, Costco is the most successful financially, but Coke is very successful financially, but they don't appear on the trust factor at all. So what do you guys think? Is, is trust crucial to financial success or does that even matter? You don't get... Coca-Cola in the top 10 in beverage, but you get you get Tropicana in there. And Tropicana belongs to PepsiCo. Is it any better? Absolutely not. So it's completely biased to the point where you could argue that this whole thing is biased. <laughs> well, okay, well, that, that's throwing a lot out right there. <laughs> uh, but yes, that's true. And, and, and I mean, I, I think it's hard to say that there's not bias involved in any of these polls. Uh, I'm sure that there is. Even with the people that they're polling, there's there's personal bias and cultural bias and location and geographical bias. And I think that that definitely factors into everything. But looking at it overall, why is orange-based sugar water doing better than syrup-based sugar water? <laughs> uh, because, I mean, is it this perception that oranges are somehow healthier than than Coca-Cola? Is that why Tropicana appears and Pepsi and Coke don't? That would be my guess, is I think that right now we're in a we're very health-focused time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We're in an innovation and health-focused time. Everybody wants to better themselves and better the environment and all that. So I think that that's being reflected in this in this list for sure i think it's it's the exact opposite i don't think it's actually reflected in this top 10. you only see large corporations in there you don't see any sort of small corporation outsider trying to rattle the cages right you, you only see you see sony and bose i mean you don't see sonos for instance or you you only see the major brands yeah well that's that goes back to my list of suspect comments exactly <laughs> But, but is it that the list is suspect or is or is it that awareness breeds trust? These are the brands that spend a lot of money on marketing and, yeah. and communication. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, breeds trust. Absolutely. Right? Money breeds awareness, breeds trust, right? Well, like, and here's the question then. Can trust be bought? Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely, yeah. it can. Put it in front of enough faces? Absolutely. Right? See it enough times? 
Absolutely. Throw enough money at it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But go, so, going also going back to your point, Brad, that you brought in terms of financial and profits tied to trust. I think there's a question there. Like, I think sometimes companies err obviously on the side of making more profits and put that trust factor at risk, right? right? Yeah, it's interesting because when you mix those two things together, financial success, growth, size of business, size of corporation, and then you bring in what you were saying, Vincent, which is the, the little guy or the little gal um, and their smaller business. Here's my question, Gabby. So, so just looking at you know, who's on that list. And we have Costco. And I know that you're uh, a definite proponent of Costco and that you do like that brand. Uh, but you often talk about your little corner store, your little yeah. corner no frills, right? So if you had to put your little corner store up against Costco on the trust factor or the trust meter, who would win there? Geez, that's a toughie because I actually went to both of them yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I went to my little no frills um, to get to my, uh, uh, my fruits and veg and all the other things. And I did go to Costco to take advantage of their milk. That's cheaper than the no frills. But um, if I ask you, who do you trust more? Who would win in that conversation? I think probably Costco. And I will tell you why. I think ultimately, they're no hassle, no problems. They've got some price match thing. They've got their return policy, no problem. There's an ease at purchasing with Costco. However, I'm not returning my groceries at no frills. So you can't really compare that. And you can't really compare because ultimately, no frills is also Loblaws, corporation against corporation. Yeah, that's true. You know, what we could be comparing is Young's Fruit Market up on Blur Street compared to the Costco, right? And yes, there is still uh, a support for the local. And I actually think that we're starting to see more support. Again, I think also uh, spearheaded by the millennials. Um, I think we're starting to see more uh, of these smaller businesses, online uh, e-commerce shops that are coming up and competing against the bigger ones, right? Like, look at, for example, what's that optical place that sells glasses that's really popular? I just clearly, nope. Warby, Warby Parker. Parker. Warby Parker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warby Parker started really small, yeah. really kind of niche, and absolutely exploded. Right. Yeah. Um, so there is there is something. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of that. The small become middle, and less of the big corporations, big box, big profits, big all of that. So out to the rest of the group, I mean, if you had to choose against your little local business compared to the big brands like Vincent was talking about, who would you choose? Would you choose your local provider, whether it's retail or service, doesn't matter, um, any kind of local provider compared to uh, the big corporations, who would you choose? For me, I would say, you know, when it comes to that kind of uh, positioning, it really comes down to, you know, the local provider is much more of an emotional connection. You know, you want to support local, you want to see, you know, people in your community succeed. It's more from that perspective. Large corporations is more about value. It's, uh, it's about convenience. It's, you know, those kinds of things. So I don't know that I could really compare those two levels. It, again, in my mind, trust is really about delivering what you said that you were delivering. And it doesn't matter if it's a tiny coffee shop on the corner that, you know, you walk in and they greet you in the morning and they give you the coffee that if their poster says that they have the best coffee in the neighborhood or whatever, and you walk in and you get all of that, 
that the first cup, you know, you don't trust them yet. The second cup, it's the same cup. You trust them a little bit more. By the 10th cup, you actually built a lot of trust, right? And to me, it's all about that, right? Like, and, and then something changes, whether it's management or coffee bean or whatever, and it all of a sudden changes the flavor, it changes the service. The and trust back to square one. Them. Exactly. They have to rebuild that trust. Now, it's not to say that they can't, but all of a sudden they change the rules of the game, so to speak. So trust is about getting what you were told that you were going to get. And it doesn't matter if it's a product or a service. Following through on your promise. Exactly. Exactly. But then like on the other side of that, it's consistency. But then on the other side, you have to stay current, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that you see a lot of brands struggle with, right? Is they change it up to stay relevant and it Mm -hmm. ends up costing them trust. So I I don't know what the answer is to that. I just, it's something that I see a lot. Like if, uh, you know, I'll use McDonald's because Gabby likes to bring up McDonald's. But, you know, their whole thing of like, they're switching, you know, all of their things from being a McDonald's to a McCafe, right? Because the cafe is hot and popular. And so now they're changing their experience to match everybody else. Instead of being who they were and, you know, were over time, they're constantly adjusting and trying to switch to be what's relevant. And I think that a lot of that time with a lot of brands that that costs them, but I, I don't know what the answer is because I think they have to stay relevant at the same time. Yeah. They have to be, they're the Madonna of the restaurant business, right? Like they have to keep reinventing themselves. Yeah. What you just said about relevance is very interesting. Jeremy goes, and I would like to have Christian's point of view on this. Uh, we moved to Canada, Christian and I, about the same time, right, about two years ago. So to us, Canadian brands are absolutely unbiased. We know nothing of Canadian brands. So when you move into a new country, you, all those brands have basically a clean slate, and they all have equal chances to actually get new customers like us. So when I, when I came to Canada, I had never heard of Second Coffee Cup, for instance. I never heard of Balzac, for instance. So I was completely unbiased. And what you said, Jeremy, is to some customers, the history of the brand has no value. It's the, it's the currency of the brand that, is, that has actual value, how current it is mm-hmm. and how relevant it is. Because I knew nothing of uh, Tim Hortons' history, for instance. Yeah. Me, Tim Hortons, is just what they have done for the past two years. So which so of a, of those coffee brands then Vincent which is the one that has captured your attention and your trust at this point? Uh, Balzacs. Okay. And I what's the reason? Quality, I would say. Yep. And there's a feeling of almost exclusivity, but that's what I get. So I, I don't know if it's exactly what they try to do, but I yeah. I, feel, I feel special when I go to Balzac. I feel special when I have a Balzac coffee cup in my hand with this yellow lid. Yeah, it's, it's different. It's and, not that their interior is, you know, reckoned back to a French Parisian cafe, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> true. <laughs> they, tried they tried their best, but <laughs> but no cigar. Yeah. And Christian, which which brand? So again, being new to Canada, which brands kind of got your trust and your attention when you when you uh, came? I would say Second Cup. If we're talking about coffee, yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, and what was the reason? Quality. Yeah. Okay. Because when you get to Canada, you get bombarded with Tim Hortons <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It but, almost turns you off, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, when you start uh, trying the product and everything and you realize that 
there are other products with higher quality and definitely you go that way and that starts building your trust right yeah. so i think what's clear from our discussion and and we kind of came around full circle but what's clear from our discussion is that Yes, history factors into trust. Yes, um, how long the brand has been around, what it's delivered in the past, what it's currently delivering, all of those things matter. But, you know, when we strip all of that away and, and you know, we, we talked to you, Vincent, and to you, Christian, about, you know, which coffee brands jumped out at you, the one word that you both said was quality. So it all comes back to quality, the experience, the delivery, um, and and how the person is made to feel because they've interacted with that brand. So so we can attach, I think, whatever word we want to, to the brand. We can attach trust. We can attach marketplace leadership. We can attach revenue. We can attach all of these different things. But at the end of the day, what it comes down to is quality, the experience, and how it makes me feel to interact with that brand. If anything that trust does is it builds up over time and it gives brands the opportunity to mess up once in a while and people will still come back. Uh, and I think Tim Hortons is a really good example of that um, because their demise in, in the Canadian marketplace didn't happen. It seemed like it happened overnight, but I think a lot of people gave them a chance when things started to go downhill a little bit. Um, and I think it was the trust that kept them you know, going for a while. But but now when they just continue to disappoint, even the trust isn't going to save them. So I think it, it, it really allows us to look at brand from that perspective and say, okay, yes, trust is important. Yes, we have to measure it. Yes, we have to ensure that we reach out to our customers and our clients and make sure that we're building that trust constantly. But you can't rely on that trust to be an integral part of whether the brand is going to succeed or not. So although Met can be number one on the list in this Gustafsson School of Business poll this year in 2020, it doesn't mean that they're going to stay there if they don't continue to do the things that they're supposed to do, which is live up to their promises, deliver the quality that they say that they're going to deliver, continue to reach out to their customers, continue to ensure that they connect. Now, it goes back to everything that we say whenever we're creating or managing brands is your connection and your experience ultimately is what is going to drive everything. So trust is important, but don't overlook experience and connection. So that's this week of everything is brand. And yet again, we've outlined how everything is brand and trust is an important part of it. But join us next week where we'll talk even more about these topics. So see you then.